0: Uh, Good morning, everyone. Uh, It's lovely to hear uh, a buzz as we begin this morning. Um, People chatting, having conversations, um, and having a bit of crack, as we would say, uh, as well as we come um, to worship today. And this is our Harvest uh, Sunday. Open Doors uh, are with us um, again today. So, welcome, Robin. Uh, Robin will lead us through uh, a good part of our service today. So, thank you for that, Robin. And we look forward uh, to what's coming later. Uh, as well as you see the church is set up if you're in person the church is set up a little bit differently this morning uh, around tables because there'll be a few things to participate in uh, throughout the service uh, but also then we're having our our meal uh, or our harvest lunch uh, after it and we'll just use the tables um, as they're set out so feel free whenever you're standing up if you need to move um, or shift a chair to turn around to make sure you can see what's going on Feel free um, to do that. Don't feel uh, any embarrassment by doing that. Please do make yourself comfortable um, in that. So as we begin today, we hear some sentence of Scripture from the book of Genesis. It says, Noah built an altar to God. He selected clean animals and birds from every species and offered them as burnt offerings on the altar. God smelled the sweet fragrance and he thought to himself, I'll never again curse the ground because of people. I know that they've bent towards evil from an early age, but I'll never again kill off everything living as I've done. For as long as the earth lasts, planting and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night will never stop. We rest in that faithful promise from God today that he is sovereign and that he is in control. Let's pray as we begin. Father God, we thank you for the opportunity to gather together, the opportunity to open our hearts our minds, our very souls to give thanks to you today for who you are and for all that you have done for us, but especially for the things that you provided for us. And so as we gather, may our hearts be inclined in a closer walk with you. May our souls find a deep growth in our relationship with you. As we leave this place, may we go inspired and encouraged to continue to be a light shining for you in the world around us. In your name. Amen. important element of giving thanks is coming before God in the recognition of who He is, what He has done for us, and our recognition of who we are before Him. For the times that we've behaved irresponsibly towards your gifts of creation, Lord, in your mercy, forgive us and help us. For the times that we've ignored the spiritual and material needs of those who are not so fortunate as ourselves, Lord, in your mercy, forgive us and help us for the times that we fail to proclaim your gospel through indifference, selfishness, or bad example. Lord, in your mercy, forgive us and help us. God is sheer in mercy and grace. He's not easily angered. He is rich in love. He doesn't easily nag or scold nor hold grudges forever. He doesn't treat us as our sins deserve nor pay us back in full for our wrongs. As high as the heaven is over the earth, so strong is his love for those who fear him. As far as the sunrise is from the sunset, he has separated us from our sins. May we each receive the forgiveness of the Lord Jesus Christ in our hearts, minds, and very souls today. In his name we pray. Amen. Amen. i to hand over to Robin uh, for a moment. Good morning, everyone.
1: It's lovely to be with you again this morning. Thank you for your warm welcome again. And uh, it is warm this morning in here, isn't it? <laughs> Which is nice too, because it's cold outside. Lovely to be with you and lovely to be able to share with you in and, and your harvest service and in your harvest lunch as well after this afternoon. By the looks of some of the treats coming through the door, it's, it looks really good. So I'm looking forward to that as well. But we're doing things slightly differently this morning. And I just want to give you a bit of a, a, an introduction to set the scene a little bit about what we'll be thinking about. In the past couple of years, with COVID, Uh, And with lockdown and with the restrictions that we felt in this part of the world have caused us all to have experienced what it's like not to be able to meet together in a church building or gather like like this. It was hard, wasn't it, over the last couple of years, not being able to do this. Everything we were used to was turned on its head. But that is the reality for millions of Christians across the world today. That is what life is like all the time for many Christians in many countries around the world. I shared with you a little bit last time about the top 50 countries in the world on our world watch list and many of those countries, restriction, lockdown, lack of freedom is what they experience continually. The reality is for millions of Christians, that's what they face. Christians around the world, many of them have never entered a physical church building like this. They've never worshiped with hundreds of other people like we were able to do this morning, Never mind 10 or 15 or 20. They've never sung in anything above the level of a whisper. They are the secret church. Meeting under cover of darkness, in caves and forests and cellars, um, in hidden rooms, sometimes under bridges, sometimes in stinking toilets in a prison, is where they meet. In the middle of the night, at dawn, or perhaps even on the run from secret police. Yet wherever and however they meet, Jesus is with them. And as we have thankfully now emerged from COVID over the last couple of years, and we are able to do this again, able to gather together in this way, I trust that we can be inspired by our persecuted church family to really understand how vital the church is in our lives. And I'm sure many of you here this morning know that as well, how vital the church has been to you over this past season. So this morning, we're going to be stepping uh, into the world of secret Christians for, for a few moments, a world where owning a Bible is illegal. Uh, where Christians are uh, spied on by their neighbors, being watched continually, their community, even their own family members, where even the very mention of Jesus can be costly, where loneliness and isolation are a reality. But in spite of it all, Jesus is present. So that's what we're going to be doing this morning. A little bit different, so hopefully you can come along with me a little bit on this journey. Boys and girls, I would love you to come up and help me this morning. If you're here, please come up to the front. I need some help this morning so come on ahead if you're, if you're here, come on. I need a bit of help this morning because I need you to do a treasure hunt for me. I need you to find some things for me. Can you do that? Can you help me? I need lots and lots of help this morning. Yeah, great. That's good. Good to see you all. Oh, girls. where's Oh, here we go. Here's a boy coming. Great. Making up the numbers. Good man. Okay, boy and girls, I need you to do something for me. Hidden around this room is some secret Booklets, okay, and I need you to help me find them. And they look a little less, okay. And if you find them, you can keep them. And there might also be a little slip of paper with them. so I need you to go now all around the room. There could be some at the front. Try maybe down by the windows on the floor. Go and have a good look around. Spread yourselves out around the room and see if you can. That was easy, wasn't it? <laughs> and another easy one. Uh, maybe not the one that I have on the table, actually. That's okay. <laughs> Smart <laughs> Very smart Very smart girl. Brilliant. See you You might even find some more on the windowsill. Yeah, great. Brilliant. That's good. And just bring it all. Bring back what your what treasure you found, and I'll explain you why you've done that. Great. Oh yeah. There's a girl. Let's find some more on the windowsill. Brilliant. That's great. Good boy. Did you find one? Did you Good man, excellent. Excellent. Oh, somebody's got a handful here. That's good. Okay, that's great. Just bring them all up, bring them all up. Okay, that's great. And you can keep those and you can take them home and if you have a couple extra, you can give them to your friends or to your brother or sister. And I'll explain to you what that is as well, okay? Boy and girls, good man, brilliant. How many of you got? Two, good boy, good boy. Okay, boys and girls, I want to tell you a little thing about being a secret Christian. And being a secret Christian means you need to be good at hiding evidence, okay? So you need to be good at hiding things. In North Korea, now the flag of North Korea is that one over there. You see up, up, up that, that nice, like, looks nice, doesn't it? In red and white and everything else. But in North Korea, the Bible is completely illegal. You cannot own a Bible. And if you're caught with the Bible, you are in serious trouble. Um, it's illegal to own one. Secret believers hide their Bibles in little secret places in their houses. Sometimes they bury them under the ground, they wrap them up in plastic and they bury them under the ground in their garden or underneath their house. Or they put them in a secret compartment in, in, a, in a drawer or in a cabinet in their house because if they're caught with a Bible, they're, they're in big trouble. So they're really, really good at hiding things. So just like you found all, they were quite easy to find this morning, weren't they? Very easy to find. But, and did you? <laughs> Well, you're a clever girl, aren't you? (laughs) I wanna share with you this morning a story of a man called, a young boy called Musa, boys and girls. And when Musa was a teenager, he lives in a country called Cameroon, which is in Africa. And when Musa was a teenager, he was a Muslim, and he started to question his Islamic faith. He started to really ask, there's something not right about this. And he was starting to ask a lot of questions about his faith, the faith that he'd grown up with all his life. And he got to know a man who was a local Christian pastor And this man gave Musa a Bible. And Musa took that Bible home, but he had to hide it in his house. He had to tuck it away somewhere so that his mom and dad wouldn't find it. He could not allow anyone to find this Bible. And Musa would take this Bible out and he would start to read it. And he was fascinated by what he was learning in in, in this Bible. But one night, his mom found the Bible. She was in his room, probably cleaning his room. I'm sure you all have very tidy rooms. Can't imagine your mom or dad would need to clean your room, would they? very tidy rooms, just like my kids. But his mom was in his room, she was maybe tidy in his room, and she found this book, this Bible, and she opened it, and she realized what it was. And she was really, really angry, and she grabbed Musa, and she said, Musa, if I ever catch you with this book again, no one knows what I will do to you. And she was hitting him. She was so cross with him that he had brought this book into their house, this Bible. So Musa... Was, was really afraid for his life and he had to leave. He had to leave his own family because he was so scared about what they would do to him. And a little while later, Musa, he went to the pastor who'd given him the Bible and the pastor looked after him and the pastor told him about God and opened up the Bible to him. And Musa became a Christian. He gave his life to Jesus, but he knew that that choice of becoming a Christian is a very, very dangerous one. So that's the reality, boys and girls, for one young man, Uh, in the persecuted church in in Cameroon. But that's the story for lots and lots of young people all around the world who can't own Bibles and have to hide it from their family. So I hope this morning, whenever you go to children's church or whenever you go out to Sunday school, that you will remember how precious the Bible is. Will you do that? It's such an important book. And for lots of Christians around the world, even boys and girls, they can't even own a Bible. They can't even be found with a Bible. So I hope when you open the Bible and you read it, you realize just how important that is and how much God has to teach you from it. Okay, boys and girls, thank you so much for listening. And I'm going to hand over to James. Oh, yes, yes, I need to explain what these are. I think there's a little slide. This, Do you know what language this is? It's Arabic, and this is what it means. Jesus is the light of the world, so you can keep that and remember that Jesus is the light of the world. Brilliant. Thank you, boys and girls.
2: Today's reading is from 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verses 3 to 12. We ought always to thank God for you, brothers, and rightly so, because your faith is growing more and more, and the love of every one of you has for each other is increasing. Therefore, among God's churches, we boast about your perseverance and faith in all the persecutions and trials you are enduring. All this is evidence that God's judgment is right, and as a result, you will be counted worthy of the kingdom of God for which you are suffering. God is just. He will pay back trouble to those who trouble you and give relief to you who are troubled and to us as well. This will happen when the Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven in blazing fire with his powerful angels. He will punish those who do not know God and do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus. They will be punished with everlasting destruction and shut out from the presence of the Lord and from the majesty of his power. On the day he comes to be glorified in his holy people and to be marveled at among all those who have believed. This includes you, because you believed our testimony to you. With this in mind, we constantly pray for you, that our God may count you worthy of his calling, and that by his power he may fulfill every good purpose of yours and every act prompted by your faith. We pray this so that the name of our Lord Jesus may be glorified in you and you in him, according to the grace of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ.
1: Thank you, Karen, for for reading those words of scripture. You know, the Bible, as we've been learning about with the children, is such an essential part uh, of, of a secret church gathering in different countries around the world. Sharing and learning from God's word is, is is key even even if a bible isn't available that might seem a very strange thing to say or a confusing thing to say gideon is a christian from eritrea who knows just how precious the bible is eritrea is sometimes known as the north korea of africa it's a prison nation where many many christians are locked up for their faith gideon is a christian there gideon spent time in prison because of his faith in jesus in fact um He spent a few years in prison because of his decision to follow Jesus. When Gideon was in prison, he was asked to sign a document in which he would have to agree not to read the Bible. Imagine that. Not to pray and not to meet with more than one person. That's the document that was put in front of him. And every time that document was put in front of him, Gideon refused to sign it. I'm just going to ask Ruth to come and read some of Gideon's words for us just now. Thanks, Yeah. Oh, sorry, that's okay, i read it. Read it. That's okay. This is Gideon's words. They beat every part of my body until I almost died. I was thinking of Jesus. What an honor for me to share his affliction. I remember I said to myself inside, Lord, please forgive them. They don't know what they are doing to me, but I give you my soul to rest in your hand. They took us to the prison again. After three months, we had a Bible smuggled in. We tore the pages out of different Bible books and we distributed those to different cells. We chose four believers to distribute parts of the Bible. I was one of those and it was my responsibility to coordinate all of these things because there is no paper in the prison cells. I was using toilet paper to write verses of the Bible and send them to others. When the government agents searched our cell they found all those verses that i had been writing they asked who sent those papers those verses when they found it was me they put me under severe torture for months there was no part of my body without pain one of the persecutors asked me a question why are you paying so so high a price gideon why don't you just renounce your faith and live a peaceful life i replied to me the word of god Is life. Isn't that incredible? The Word of God is life. We were learning about that with the kids this morning, how important it is and how important it is for Christians around the world. Around the world many Christians like Gideon know this, that the Word of God is life. It's so precious to them, they depend on it. And many persecuted Christians will memorize uh, whole passages, whole chunks of the Bible. Really puts me to shame when I think sometimes of how little I can commit to memory from the Bible. In the late 1970s in Vietnam, um, which is number 19 on this year's World Watch List incidentally, Bibles were very scarce, but the demand from underground Christians for Bibles was was incredibly high. And one church, knowing that their stocks of Bibles were low, um, would only give a Bible to someone. Will you hear this? If they could recite the whole of Psalm 119. Now, what do you know about Psalm 119? it's the longest book in the bible the longest psalm 176 verses and that's what these christians would do that's how precious it was to them to recite that entire uh, chunk of scripture to get their hands on their own copy of the bible i want us just to do something together for a few moments really randomly you will notice that there's a roll of toilet roll in the middle of your table this morning which you've probably been looking at and wondering why that's here i'd like you all to take a sheet or two from that and try something for me you've got pencils and pens on your table And I'd like you to write on a sheet of toilet paper just just to see how easy or difficult it is. Maybe a verse from scripture that you've memorized, maybe something as a child or something that you remember. I want you to try and do that just for a minute. Just write it down on on that piece of of toilet paper or or if you can't remember one, look one up and write it down and maybe over the course of this week you can commit it it to memory as well. So just try that for a moment just to enter into the spirit of what what Gideon was going through whenever he was in that prison cell. Brilliant. Never invite open doors along if you want to be doing something straightforward or simple. <laughs> it's not easy to write on toilet paper, is it? <laughs> Especially with a pencil. Can you imagine what that was like for Gideon this morning? Okay, so you can, you can write those down and maybe, maybe take them away with you. And maybe when you look at that piece of toilet roll, again, sometime you'll remember Gideon's story and you'll remember Christians in, uh, in Eritrea and what they go through. And it might even prompt you just to, to pray for those people. You could tuck it inside your Bible just to remind you to pray for, for Christians in Eritrea. Or the other option is you could learn that verse if you don't really know it. And then when you've learned it, flush it away in the toilet. And that will help you to, to, to remember some scripture as well. So thank you for doing that. Thank you for taking part in that. I know it's a little bit different this morning. We're going to move on into, into another aspect of, of Secret Church. Uh, you know, it's an amazing blessing for us all to be back doing what we do in church here again this morning after, after what we experienced over the past couple of years with COVID, to be able to sing praises to God like we've already done this morning with the guys leading us in worship, which has been really special. To be able to proclaim God's goodness but for many Christians around the world singing loudly like we have done this morning could be downright dangerous they just cannot do it at all they cannot sing loudly like we've done they couldn't have guitars they couldn't have piano they couldn't have amplified music because it's just too dangerous there's a lady from north korea the flag on the wall called hey woo an incredible woman of god She has a very hard and a very painful story of what she went through. She spent a number of years in a North Korean prison. And if you know anything about North Korean prisons, they're horrendous places. Places of starvation and brutality and torture. Awful, awful places. They're notorious places where people can be imprisoned indefinitely and treated horrifically. But despite the darkness of prison, despite the mental and physical torture, despite the pain and severe hunger that Hey Wu was going through. She chose to worship God, even in that place. In fact, she planted a tiny church in that prison, in that labor camp, a little group of four or five people who she had been discipling when she was there who'd become Christians. And they would meet together. And where would they meet? They would meet together in the only place that they knew the guards wouldn't go. And that was the toilet of the prison. You can see the picture on the screen a dirty stinking vile smelly toilet this is an awful place but this is where they met this is where they worshiped together because they knew they wouldn't be found there and very often when the rain would fall on the tin roof of the toilet and the noise would drown out their worship they could lift it up a little bit higher uh, knowing that they couldn't be heard by the guards they would worship they would sing amazing grace together in a tiny whisper or sometimes in complete silence inside themselves to avoid being heard. He says that worship and praise is the antidote to discouragement. Isn't that lovely? Worship and praise is the antidote to discouragement. It helped them to lift their gaze to Jesus, to see beyond the pain, the injustice, the fear and the smell of the environment they were in. Then after a few minutes, that little meeting would end and those women would return to their work again. We're going to whisper worship now it's gonna be uncomfortable, <laughs> it's gonna be awkward, but we're gonna try it. And I want you to imagine for a moment that there's people outside these walls and they'll hear us and they could read us and things could happen. So let's be, let's be careful. So we're gonna sing just a couple of verses really, really quietly whispering amazing grace. I've got a, the words should be coming up on the screen. So let's just try this together in a whisper, just a whisper, okay, let's go. Thank you for doing that. I fear we might have actually been a bit loud. <laughs> we might have been heard by the guards outside the door. But that's what Hei Wu and her friends did. They sang in a whisper because they had to do it. And yeah, that was church together. I'm gonna show you just a very short video. This is Hei Wu herself, singing the words of Amazing Grace. She's now free. She now shares her story. She's not allowed to be seen, her, her face. Uh, but this is her singing Amazing Grace.
0: Oh,
1: incredible isn't it what those words must mean to her through what she's been through we're going to try something else this morning um i was actually chatting to someone this morning about north africa um who had knew someone that had been there and had served there Uh, And it's great that you're all sitting around tables this morning because this will work really well, what we're going to do. In North Africa, part of the culture there is that people will sit on the streets and drink coffee together, they'll eat together. There's a real cafe culture, and if you've ever visited any of the countries in North Africa, you'll have seen that in any of the city squares and town squares. People sit and do business together, they chat together, uh, and actually Christians meet together in many of these countries where they are secret Christians, they can't publicly declare their faith. They can't meet in a church context like this, but they will meet in public, almost hiding in plain sight. And they will do business together as Christians and they will chat together uh, in public and they do it in coded language. And we're gonna try that just for a moment this morning. A slide gonna come up on the screen there that will show you some of the things that they do. So I want you to have a conversation around your table and I've put a sample uh, up there that you can try, okay? And the words you're not allowed to use are the obvious ones that we use in our culture. Jesus, God, the Bible, church, prayer, all the things that we talk about quite normally. And there's never an issue. But instead, Christians in North Africa will use, instead of Jesus, the one. Instead of God, our Father. Instead of the Bible, the book, church. They talk about family, which is really nice, isn't it? And for prayer, talking to Father. So I want you just for 30 seconds just around your table just to have a conversation with each other. You can use what I've put in the screen if you want and try not to use the words that I've put deliberately under those sentences. So give that a go just now for 30 seconds. Off you go. Now, man. <laughs> okay. How did how did you find that? Is it tricky? <laughs> I think it is, you know, when we're so used to using certain words it can be hard. Uh, to swap them over and the other ones, but it's life and death for these people. <laughs> you know, for them, if they if they said something out of place or mentioned the word of Jesus, and it's picked up by someone sitting near them, it could be so dangerous for them. So it's good to, good for us to engage in that and just to get a flavour for what what they go through.
2: What's going
0: on in here? Hey, <laughs> I hope you aren't a Christian. You're Christians? Who's Christians? Who's the boss? Who's the leader? Who's the leader? Who's in here? Who? Who's in here? You can't do that. It's not in here. It's illegal in here. you the boss. The team. You're the boss. You're the boss. Get out. Come on. Jesus is Lord.
1: Get out. Whoa. Okay. <laughs> Sorry about that, folks. How long have you had James now? I apologise. He's been taken away. Uh, but he is safe. Well, I don't know Stuarty overly well, but I assume he's safe, is he? <laughs> Maybe you can tell me. <laughs> but we just wanted to do that this morning just to illustrate what it is actually like for many Christians around the world. There will be Christians meeting today or throughout this week, and they will face the reality of exactly that. People like Stuarty <laughs> bursting in their doors and arresting them and taking them away. I'm going to show you. A video, it was, it was maybe 2019 I think it was, just a very short video, and it's actual mobile phone footage of a church in North Africa being raided by police. I'll just show you it here for a second. <laughs> <laughs> isn't it, to think of that? Imagine if that was here this morning. Police guards bursting in the door, taking James, Gareth, your leaders out, um, taking them away. Those leaders were questioned for a time and later released again. Uh, But that is a constant reality for persecuted Christians around the world. They're facing that day in, day out, week in, week out. I heard a story recently of someone and they were saying that every three weeks they're taken in and questioned by the police. Every three weeks taken in for maybe hours on end and questioned because of their their faith in Jesus and because of what they're doing in certain countries. I think at this stage, um, Gareth is just gonna come and do some prayers and intercession for us. Thank you, Gareth.
3: Let's pray. Almighty God of all, Heavenly Father, Protector, Saviour. We remember this morning our brothers and sisters across the world. For those who are persecuted, who face prison, suffering, or death. We remember that these are, are things that they face for themselves and also for their families, Lord. For the risks that are taken, for your name. To bring glory and honor to your word. This morning as we meet together to pray. May, we, may, we know, may, may they know your presence near to them. May they recognize your spirit. May they know you by name and trust in your word. And Father may they, may they know that we stand with them also. That in this journey that we are challenged. To support and protect our brothers and sisters here on earth. We pray for those like Musa in Cameroon this morning, for those who hide their Bible, for those who hide their faith, for those who are forced to hide it from their their families and the people who are closest to them. May your protecting spirit be with them. May they know you near. We pray for those like like Gideon in Africa this morning who was imprisoned for for their faith, who are forced to write scripture on toilet paper. Father, we thank you this morning for the freedom and access we have to your word, that this morning we we aren't going to face jail for, for meeting together this morning. But for those in the world who have that reality, that very real possibility, we thank you for their example. Protect them in their health, in their families, and most importantly, Father, protect them in their faith. May your strength abide in them beyond their own personal capability. We pray for those like Haewoo in North Korea, for those tortured for the very reason we meet here today. Father, as we read about these things in scripture, sometimes we can think about these as, as, as biblical lessons that, that happened once upon a time. But Father, this morning we know that there are people across the world tortured and hurt for a love in you. May we be inspired by these stories, the immeasurable faith of our brothers and sisters. May we be encouraged by their earthly faith, But most importantly father may we be challenged challenged by the injustice that is faced across the world the injustice and the hurt and the suffering may we respond in any way that we can in our words in our actions in our giving we thank you for the freedom we have this morning to meet with our church with our church family to to celebrate your word loudly to To celebrate and eat together after this service. Father, we may we never take that freedom for granted. Father, we pray for those in our community here as well who who may not have freedoms, who don't know where next meals are coming from, who fear for their their lives or their livelihoods for different reasons. May we respond to them. May we see your vision and enact it here on earth maybe be united as one with our family here in lisburn in northern ireland and across the world and maybe be united in the words that you taught us to pray as we pray together our father our father who art in heaven hallowed be thy name thy kingdom come thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen.
1: Thank you so much, Scarth, for that lovely prayer this morning. You know, when we think about lockdown and confinement and restriction and isolation, even what we've experienced ourselves over the past couple of years with COVID and everything else, what our brother Mojtaba from Iran experienced um, was much more severe and much more long-lasting. I had the pleasure of meeting him on a couple of occasions. He's in, what you see actually on the screen, that smiling face is just Mujtaba. He just, the joy of, of the Lord just exudes from him. He's a, an incredible man of God. Mujtaba's from Iran. He was arrested for leading a secret house church in Iran. He was imprisoned for over three years because of that. Um, But God was at work even in the darkness of the prison cell that Mujtaba was in. But Mujtaba didn't see it that, that way at first. And this is one of the things I love about Mujtaba's story because very often we can think that persecuted Christians are somehow superheroes, that somehow they're greater Christians than us or or more special in us, but they're just just like us in many ways. They're just normal people in extraordinary circumstances. When When Mujtaba was first put into that prison cell, he thought it was because of something he'd done wrong. And he was asking God, God, what have I done against you? Is it a sin in my life? Is it something you're punishing me for, something I've done wrong? But one day in that cell, Mujtaba was feeling sorry for himself, and he said that he really experienced God speaking to him. God came right into that prison cell. And he spoke to Mujstaba and he said, Mujstaba, stop being selfish. If you're in prison now, it's not about you. It's about me. Look around yourself. Look around you. And that's what he did. He looked around him and he saw the, the walls and the gates of the prison he was in, the barbed wire, the machine gun towers. He saw other people around him who were broken people, people who had committed terrible crimes and were in there with him even though he had done nothing wrong except lead a church. And God said to Mujtaba, look, I took you through these doors and these gates to evangelize people here. Talk to them about Jesus. And that was the moment of awakening for Mujtaba. He saw an incredible opportunity that God had placed before him. And he started to share Jesus with the people around him in his cell. Slowly over a period of time, some of those prisoners responded to what Mujtaba was telling them. They became Christians. They accepted Jesus. And as the number of Christians started to grow, Mujtaba realized he had a problem. He didn't have a Bible. And he needed a Bible because he needed to be able to teach these people about about God and about Jesus and about uh, from God's word. But he didn't have a Bible to do it with. How do you get a Bible into a prison in Iran? Well, over a period of time, Mujtaba had been becoming quite friendly with an imam, a Muslim leader who'd been coming in and out of the prison to visit some of the prisoners. And he got on really well with this imam. And one day, Mujtaba just came out with it. And he said to the imam, could you get me a Bible? And the imam said, oh, Mujtaba, I can't bring a Bible in here. That's crazy. I would get caught. Something would happen. I would be arrested too. He knew it was dangerous. But the imam said, look, leave it with me and I'll do what I can. And that imam started to bring in pages of the Bible in English written by hand. And he started to smuggle those in and he would pass them to Mujtaba. Sometimes the guards would ask, what is that? What what are you doing? And Mujtaba would say, we're, we're teaching English, which is what they were doing. They were teaching. They weren't telling any lies. They were teaching the other prisoners English. And as they shared and translated those English scriptures into their own language and shared it with the prisoners around them, more and more and more of those people became Christians. They gave their lives to Jesus. Incredible. Mujtaba in the midst of that prison, telling others about Jesus and a church forming there. This is what Mujtaba said, and I love love this quote. He says, I never prayed for God to release me from prison. It doesn't matter what situation I'm in. I can work in God's kingdom wherever he places me. It doesn't matter if it's in prison or out of prison, because persecution will take the gospel to the places where nothing else can do it. Persecution brought the gospel into a prison in Iran. Isn't that just amazing? That's what God's doing around the world. Folks, I really want to thank you this morning for um, coming on a bit of a journey with us. I know it's been a bit different, and it's been probably a bit uncomfortable at times. But I want to thank you for experiencing that with us. It, it really, It's really spoken to my heart this morning. just reminds me afresh, and I hope, it, I hope it has helped you to understand better what our brothers and sisters around the world are walking through. And again, I just want to thank you for your partnership as a church, uh, throughout this season. We're really grateful for that. We cannot do what we do without you and we really appreciate it. I want to thank you for that and it is truly wonderful to be with you this morning. So may God bless you and I'm just going to hand back over to
0: James, I believe. It didn't take long for somebody to give me up, did it? <laughs> no, I didn't hear or see who it was, but I'd find out, okay, I'd be a bit like that inquisition now. Um, but it's a, it's, it's a stark indication in reality of what can happen to brothers and sisters um, across the world today. Uh, Robin, thank you for the partnership you've had with us over the last couple of weeks as we've joined. Uh, you've joined with us um, here. Um, it is highlighting something that's, I suppose, uh, yeah, it's highlighting something that often we set to the side and we don't retain at the front of our minds because we live in the freedom that we live in. So thank you uh, for your time uh, and for your preparation in doing that with us. And we pray and hope for the the continued partnership that we have with you and Open Doors. Um, And indeed, as we've said before, our Harvest Monies, uh, Harvest uh, Monies this year is going to support uh, Open Doors and the work in their Southeast Asia, and persecuted Christians in Southeast Asia. So if you've given already, thank you for that. If you haven't already given, uh, please do so generously. If you're online and you want to give, if you go to the resources section of our website, Uh, you'll find all the details that you need there to be able to give to that and just simply label it Harvest and we'll know uh, what that is for uh, in that case. But as we close, uh, we're going to cast our eyes to the screens uh, for our blessing today. We began this worship event with Thanksgiving. That's why I call on you now to move out into the world with Thanksgiving. God is good all the time. All the time. God is good. Let Thanksgiving enhance the joys that you experience. Let thanksgiving transcend the pains that you may suffer. Let thanksgiving sweeten the duties that you must perform. Let thanksgiving underpin even the griefs you may have to endure. God is good all the time. All the time. God is good. So may the love of the Father, the saving grace of the Son, and the power of the Holy Spirit be with each one of us this day and forevermore. Amen. Amen.